Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is August 12th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Thanks for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Where to Hunt podcast. So funny backstory, um, on the, the this episode, the guest I had on is Anthony Heller, and I was kind of uh, explaining, you know, we were talking a little bit about um, all sorts of stuff. But one of the things that we were talking about is when I started this podcast, which was back in 2013, I think September was the first episode that ever aired, and it was with Jared Scheffler of Whitetail Adrenaline. Um, really cool episode, blah, blah, blah. That being said, the episode previous to that was the pilot. And I was, I was talking about how, like, you know, when I go to record, um, there'll be, I'm way more authentic now, I think, than when I started because I'm not trying to get the perfect thing. I'm going just to go and get through stuff. So I'll ramble on more. I won't cut this. Or I won't cut that. And when I was starting the podcast, I couldn't figure out if I wanted to say the podcast that connects public and hunting enthusiasts or the podcast that connects public and hunting enthusiasts. And I landed on the, and I don't know, it's a funny, stupid thing, but some backstory because now I've been doing this for a little while. I think this is episode 58. And um, a super fun episode uh, guest, another Wisconsinite here out of the Madison, Wisconsin area, generally speaking. Um, we talk about five different tips around public land hunting and we unpack it. So it's a pretty long episode. So if you want some, you know, good banter and some good stories, but also some really good, there's some really good meat in this one too. So we start with proximity um, in terms of hunting access. And we talk about proximity to a metro area and proximity to your home. Uh, and then Anthony talks about, um, you know, access and ease of access. How fast can you access something? Is it right off the highway? Is it down a logging road, et cetera? And then we get into food sources and really hone in on what that looks like uh, on public property. Like, what are you looking for? You know, did this red oak or white oak drop acorns this year? Did it not? You know, that's going to affect things. Um, and then we get into terrain and talk a little bit about that and then the last one that i kind of really enjoyed was actually other hunters and not so much just other deer hunters that's part of the topic but additionally like thinking about people other people accessing public land you got to think there's duck hunters goose hunters rabbit hunters squirrel hunters um pheasant hunters dove hunting i mean there's all sorts of there's all sorts of other animals that could be in season when you're deer hunting and um thinking about that and what those people are doing on the property could really help you too so you know how do we leverage these things and use them all to our advantage and, um, you know, really kind of make better use of the ac the land that we have access to the public, public hunting land. Sorry, I can't talk tonight apparently, but in any event, um, I'm going to go ahead and bring Anthony on. That's what we're talking about today. 
And uh, if you're if you're a listener on a regular basis, thanks for coming back. And if you have reviewed the podcast, you're awesome. I've been seeing some reviews come through. So any more of those uh, that come through, again, it's my oxygen. It keeps me moving. It keeps me going. It gives me the fuel to keep this thing happening. So if you like the content, um, you like the show, give me a, a positive review and some maybe some feedback. If you hate it, give me a one star. I don't really care. Um, that way I can make some adjustments. But let's go ahead and bring on our guest. Who cares about this? Well, I was in the, I was in the military, and that's all you actually... Oh, that was. Last oh, what were you? What did you do? I was in the Marines. So, oh, so really? Back in two thousand four. Nice. Fucking two thousand four. Right. It's twenty eighteen. Man, that's a long time ago. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna welcome our guest to the show today. Today, with me sitting here at the Clark Bar, um, we have Anthony Heller. Thank God your last name's easy to pronounce. <laughs> and if I mispronounce it, you could punch me in the shoulder because we're sitting right across from each other. So. It's nice and cozy. Welcome, like <laughs> welcome. Yeah, we had some dinner and got to shoot the, yep. the breeze a little bit. And Holly so made a delicious meal. Yeah, that's she. She never listens to this, so <laughs> I'll, I'll make her listen to this one. Yeah, there you go. So, that's Anthony, great. I'll let you um, just simply tell the audience who you are, ish. You know, whatever that means to you, <laughs> and uh, we'll dive into our topic, which is going to be around uh, public land access and how to access public land. I think that's I'm saying the same thing two different ways. Um, so yeah, tell the audience about yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Um, all right. So Anthony Heller out of Wisconsin as well. Uh, that's obviously why I'm sitting here. (laughs) Uh, just a born and raised like, um, non hunter. So my family doesn't hunt. And then when I was about 12 years old, got picked up, um, by a friend of mine and just said, Hey, let's go hunting. Uh, which, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. I fish. Why not try hunting? So, um, started hunting when I was 13 and now, you know, what is it? 15 years. Yeah. 28, 15 years, <laughs> 15 years math. later, uh, I'm still hunting and I've hunted a lot. Um, a lot of different public pieces, a lot of different private pieces. I've hunted, you know, 19 different pieces in my 15 years of hunting. So I have a little bit of experience there. And over those different pieces, I've, I've found different things that work and different things that don't work. Um, for finding deer, finding bucks, uh, just does if you're trying to hunt does, trying to hunt bucks. And then the whole, what I'm trying to do is just like, I, I guess I saw a need in the industry for bringing information and knowledge to people who, who are new like me. When I was 13, you know, people who don't, don't have a family that, that teach them how to do everything or don't have a mentor. So, uh, people always say the hardest part to hunting is getting access. Well, you know, we, we can solve that use public land. (laughs) Everybody has access to that. And then the next piece is, uh, the knowledge and information and how to hunt and how to be successful because we all know hunting, hunting isn't easy. There's a lot of failure in hunting and any way that we can increase our odds or, or increase our success rates will in turn lead to more hunters and, growing our community as hunters and making sure that we're relevant in you know 30 40 50 years and uh you know we don't we don't decline into nothing so that's kind of who you are yeah that's who i am and and what i'm trying to do at least so i found you on instagram and i'm not sure if you were following me or if i happen i don't know like i don't have any bots i know that's a big deal people get bots for their instagram accounts i don't have bots it's I think it actually me follow for follow yeah I don't, <laughs> no, something i don't know man like that's i forgot that was a thing holy christ yeah, you asked yeah, that a lot yeah. <laughs> i'm like no man i don't know what you do but anyway um what caught my attention is i think the one that i saw was you had like you're holding your hand up and on the screen you know it five tips for hanging trail cams on public land i'm like holy shit 
Like, <laughs> I don't hang trail cams. I have them in my storage area back here behind the bar, and they don't go anywhere because I'm afraid to put them on public land. So I actually watched yeah. it, and I was like, this guy's great. This is great information. <laughs> this is the kind of content that I ought to be producing that, you know, like, I just don't, I guess. I, so I, why not have you on to talk about some of these things? <laughs> and like you said, access is, I don't know, seemingly a very difficult thing to, it's a big hump to get over. Right. And so we do have public land, but how do you actually go about accessing some of this property? Right. And there's different types of public land in our state, right? right. We have VPA, voluntary public access, MFL, managed forest law, crop damage tags, conservancy properties that you can get drawn for, right. leasing option. Like there's a lot yeah. of ways that you could access what might be private, but public access or just for simply sure. public land. I definitely, I haunt a lot of private private that's leased by the state okay and it's and it's awesome because it's a lot of people don't know about it and doesn't always have public land signs yep but you talk to the owner or something like that and he's like yeah go on ahead like it's leased to the public um yeah and a lot of people just like it's people look at public land and they go oh no there's there's too many hunters like i can't go there it's it's too dangerous or there's too many hunters or whatever whatever their excuses are so then they just throw their hands up in the air and quit sure and uh and that's just definitely not the case i hunt a piece probably 30 to 40 minutes from Madison, Wisconsin, which has a ton of people in it. And I see maybe 10 hunters, 10 other bow hunters a year Mm -hmm. on it. And I'm, I'm out there probably three to four times a week. So it's not like there's, there's not like hardly anyone out there come gun season. It's pretty crazy. But for bow hunting, I mean, it's whatever you want because you're not really going to run into it. Because bow hunters, like we try to, I mean, at least I get in when I can, you know, so like if I can make a bow hunting that day, I can. If I can't, I can't. So like the way people access land bow hunting, it's super hit or miss. Yeah. Gun, it's like, it it might as well be a damn holiday. And I wish it was. I'm surprised (laughs) it's not. Like someone's got to get on that. Okay. Like all the conservation efforts out there. Like I think we could lobby for that maybe. (laughs) I don't know. For sure. No, I like in Wisconsin, it's, it's unreal. Like, and you go to, you talk to people from other states and they're like, you take a day off of school when you're in high school to go hunting. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah why not? Exactly. Take a whole week off of work, right? That's yeah, funny. Exactly. So, like, one of the things. So What's up, Eddie? Yeah, we got the dog running around here. Um, couple cats, per usual. <laughs> but one of the things that where to hunt um, that I try to solve is some of the crowding, conge- congestion, and just the the population density of hunters on public land are like the can be so dense. And when we talk about access, I, I always say like they spend 90% of the time trying to get away from other hunters. And so I think you have a couple notes here that talk about maybe some of that access and some of those challenges. How have you overcome some of that? We were just talking about like all sure. those gun hunters, right? Like, yeah. okay, well now you know the property really well. <laughs> is that kind of just your, the tactic that you have is just understanding a property super well where you know where you can go if you run into those other guys and gals? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, okay, like, yep. uh, it, it depends on, you know, where you go and every year is different. You know, one year you might have, you might go to a spot and there might be, you know, 10 gun hunters in that parked in that parking lot. So you're like, crap, I got to go somewhere else. Yep. And other years you might pull in and there's nobody. So you got the whole place to yourself, which can suck as well because then no one's there's pushing no pressure, gear around. Yeah. yeah. There's no pressure or anything and they're just holding tight. So it's, it's kind of a hit or miss and the best way I can say it is is use those other hunters to your advantage. Don't necessarily be scared of them, but know like when you're walking out there and you see other hunters, you're like, okay, there's a hunter here, 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 and here. 99% of the time they're gonna leave at eight, eight to 9 a.m. They're gonna get out of their tree or move their stand or whatever. So kind of understand 
where how they're gonna exit mm-hmm. and then base your setup on that because a lot of times they'll sneak in in the dark you know and they'll get set up and deer will know they're there and they'll just bed and then when they get out of the stand then the deer get a little bit more nervous get up and they run away and they're always running the opposite direction so if you're out in front of that hunter or something like that you might be able to pick up that's pick pretty up awesome. a deer. yeah um so yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i how i do that there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of plan a plan b plan c um and it's based on cars and parking lots. So I always take, so there's like five parking lots that I, that I'll park in. Yep. And I have like a route that I take. So I'll always go, This one's okay, hit full yep, and I keep going. Yep. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And uh, every year, it, it every year there's different cars in different lots. There's a couple guys who are always in the same lot and they always go to the same spot every year. Yep. And that's great because I can count on them to go to that spot. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, he's here. He's right? going to do his thing exactly. every year. I know exactly Hey, where John, going. good to see you again. Right? Same yeah. tree, huh? Same buck time. <laughs> right? Same. Yeah, same, you know, four deer in the first morning. Yep, yeah. you bet, you know. Um, so, like, there's those guys and then there's the randoms. And honestly, I'm, I'm one of those randoms. I'm one of the randoms, too, yeah, by and large, for sure. Because you I'm never know. the exploration of it. Yeah, exactly. You yep. know, so you never know. And I use, honestly, I'll use gun hunting on public land as a week's worth of scouting with the possibility of killing. Yep. So when I get out there, um, I'll always go back as to to my general area, and I'll stay there for a few hours, but then I'll just kind of mill around mm-hmm. and go look for buck beds or look for signs or new scrapes that I haven't found or okay. something. And, uh, and a lot of times that leads to me finding deer because I go places that other people won't because with a bow, you can't just like, when the deer pops up, you can't just like, Oh, draw and shoot, you right. know, yep. you get, like, but with a gun, you can, you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, That's uh, a good point. Yeah. I, I know. So there was one year where, not one year, this happens a lot. There's one year where I remember it more than others, I guess, but there's a certain threshold where you're in your mind, you're hunting, excuse me, like you said, you're gun hunting and there's a there's a, a tipping point when you're in hunting mode and then you you have your shit with you and then you get into scouting mode <laughs> and you're like yeah okay i'm done with the hunt for the day i've i've resolved that i'm not going to see anything in this spot now it's time to go explore and make better use of my time while i'm out here right now yeah have you done that oh, you just all sort the of time. like you just completely <laughs> it feels like you've actually switched gears right, right? yeah and now oh, you're yeah. like all about the exploration of it and if you kick a deer up you're like cool now I know yeah. next time what yep. I did. Like I understand yeah, it now. Exactly. There and, was times where I where I kicked up does and I wanted I really wanted to kill a doe. I needed more meat in my freezer. Yep. And so I really wanted to kill one. I kicked them up, but I had already flipped that switch. So I pulled up my gun and I was like, Yeah, I don't feel like the drag. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, because when you're in that road, you're probably like really right? far out. Like yeah, exactly. Across rivers, you know. I'm like, yep. I'm gonna do it. I'm crossing <laughs> this because I always want to be on the other side of this. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna figure it out. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, well now I'm way way out of here. My dad's like, where Where'd you go? Where are you? I'm like, oh yeah, I, yeah. I took the opportunity to quit hunting. I'm like in exploration mode, man. Yeah. You see anything? Sure. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, me neither. So I'm done with it. Like, let's let's figure yeah. out how we can do better next time we come to this property. You know. Right. Yeah. Last year, my I took I always take my dad out with me, and he's not a big hunter at all, but he'll go out there and sit That's out there. That's cool. Because you, know? you said yeah, yeah. You didn't, your family. Didn't no, get he's hunting. not. But so he'll do it with you, me. A friend got you into hunting, and now yep. you got your dad into hunting. Yeah. That's yeah. The he hunted like you know four or five times in his life. Okay. But then. Once I started really picking up hunting, we use it as, as a social as a social thing. Yep. So we'll go hunting in the morning, and then you know midday we'll get lunch, and then we'll head over. We got a couple buddies. The buddy that started me hunting, Parker, he uh, he's got a really nice cabin 
a, ca- a really nice cabin. That's awesome. <laughs> and so we sneak down there, and then we go socialize with them, and we hunt and whatever. It's more, it becomes more about hanging out, playing cards, and drinking beer for gun it, season. Yeah, yeah, and just absolutely. and just having a good time than yep. going out and, and killing a deer. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a social atmosphere. So. Last year, my dad got out there, and I put him out in the spot, and I didn't realize, you know, I didn't really think about it because he's kind of a, what I, I call him like a white-collar hunter. Okay. So he kind of <laughs> likes wants it nice and cushy, you know. Oh, if yeah, if yeah. he had it his way, he'd sit in a box blind all day. Yeah. Um, so I put to him in like, zone, I guess. yeah, exactly. So I sent him out on this point, and I'm like, just hug the tree line and get out on the point. And in between the tree line and uh, in the other terrain was a big marsh. Okay. So I was just like hug the tree line all the way up. He didn't hug the tree line all the way up. He's back in his car at like seven in the morning because he walked. He stepped in this huge, like marshy puddle. He didn't have any boots on or any any like real boots. So he's like, "I'm cold. I'm going back in." So then I just disappear into the woods, you know. And, and he's, he's like, and he's just like, time. "Don't worry, I'm in the car hanging out. Like, come on back. I'll sleep or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his book with him. So uh, you know, it's kind of a bust there for hunting. But then we go and we hang out for the whole weekend. Yep. You know, so it's just a good time to to catch up. And I. I work with my dad too. So, okay. uh, my dad owns the company that I work at. Okay. Rock and, on. uh, yeah, so I see him every day and it's great to it's just nice like, to have him in that environment. Yeah, it is. Cause it's, cause he's, he's not my boss directly, but, uh, but he is my boss. He's the owner. So he is my boss. And then when I get him out in this element, we're, I'm like the more experienced <laughs> You one. do what I say now, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You're going to get cold feet again. Right? And we're not talking about lighting all the time. We're talking about, you know, how we're going to kill a deer or who Heck we're yeah. going to go see. That's and cool. How we can euchre someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yep. Super cool. I have a yeah. friend that doesn't take hunting seriously at all. He just likes, he likes the camaraderie almost specifically. And he was in the, he was in the Marines or whatever. And, uh, I think part of it, so you might miss that, but whatever. We we get in the truck to go up for gun season, and he only comes every other year or so. And the first thing he does, he, he's got to stop at the gas station. We got to stop at the gas station. He comes back in the car. Oh yeah, <laughs> big, huge, like half of the tin of dip and chew is just in his own. And then he just gets into this, like comatose kind of state. Right. He's like, oh, this is great. You know, like, my wife doesn't let me dip anymore, and this is the only opportunity I get. He's like. Right. I could get lost in the woods for days as long as I have my grizzly. I'm okay. I'm right. Gonna think of, oh man, I have so friends funny. like that too. Oh, I only I only chew when I'm hunting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, okay. Well, you hunt, you know, seventy days a year. <laughs> so whatever. That's funny. Um, well, so yeah. what else do you got there? Yeah. You got you got the notes. I'm I'm happy you sure. you did that. Actually, <laughs> it makes my job so, easier. Yeah, this would be so. The notes that I put together are kind of like how how I came about picking the piece of public land or the pieces of public land that I hunt. Okay. And, like, it can be used in a really broad sense of, like, what piece do you want to pick? And then once you pick a piece, there's usually, like, the piece that I hunt is 2,000 acres. So there's, like, 20 or 30 parking lots. Yep. So it can be used in, like, the 20,000, just picking that piece or 2,000 acre. It can be used in just picking that piece of land. or And then once you find the piece, it can be used to, like, pick which parking lot you're going to go to and how you're going to access everything. So... Um, so the first piece that I always look at is proximity to your house. Okay. If you ever like watch any or listen to any of the like big deer hunter podcasts, I know you've had Dan Infault on, yep. you know, they always say there's no replacement for boots on the ground. They're just, there Correct. isn't. Correct. There absolutely isn't. Yep. I mean, I don't care how many trail cameras you have, like you need to go out there and experience. The Hunting Public just did, um, an episode on their YouTube channel about something similar and they looked at a property online, and then they got there, and they're like, holy shit, we thought there was a bridge across this river because that's what the map showed. There is no bridge. 
this changes everything. Right. They wouldn't have known that unless they went there. And I'm sure that limits access, which yep. changes your whole game plan on yep. how far you have to go. Yeah, so there's no there's no substitute for boots on the ground. So if you can find a place that's, you know, five minutes from your house, uh, you know, that's the first place I'd start every time unless Unless it's, like, next door to, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Stevens Point sure. or something where there's going to be a ton of hunters out mm-hmm. there. So that brings me to the, my next point, which is, uh, like, proximity to a metro area. Um, and that's all, like, really relevant based on how much public land you have around that, mm-hmm. uh, around that metro area. So say, for instance, like, Madison, Wisconsin, there's plenty of public land within 10 minutes of downtown okay so you only need to go 20 to 30 minutes outside of downtown to find unpressured public land because the people take that first stop exactly 90 uh, percent of the people will go to the closest piece and then stop there um and so like that's proximity to home which is my first step but then you got to analyze it further and go okay but there's everybody and the brother here so we need to go you know an extra 15 minutes down the road um, do you think that if you had a spot that was so close to home so uh, where I lived before, I was probably three whole minutes away from a nice plot of public property. And so to me, that felt like somewhat of an advantage, even though I was in a metro area, simply because I could access it quicker, faster, more often, so I could learn it. Yeah. Um, and because I had that awareness of driving past all the time, I knew when people were there, when they weren't there, and what days they were there, what days they weren't there, and I would start to catalog some of this. <laughs> and so like, there was an advantage that way, but you were right, though, because sure. it was so close and in such a metro area that there's always people there, you know? Right. And I, like, knew where people put their stands and, and everything. Like, yeah. But that's that thing that you said earlier where once you know or have a better idea of where people are, you can kind of use that to your advantage. For sure. You know? Yeah. And there's, like, that comes into play, like, there's a lot of people out there, so I wouldn't put my trail cameras out there because no, they're most likely going to get stolen. <laughs> yeah, they, I'm sure they would there. <laughs> right? But it that sucks because matter. I really yeah. wanted to put some out there, you know? Like, I want to know what's going on. Right? Yeah, and I, I use a bunch of – I have eight I have eight cameras out right now, and I know they're all in areas where they're not going to get stolen because I, no one no one preseason scouts like I do where on the piece that okay. I'm on. Like, I'll see them. I'll see the cameras, like – 100 yards from the parking lot but i won't see them a half mile back which is where i go um and it sucks sometimes because it's a lot of swampy nasty walking especially in summer (laughs) yeah and mosquitoes up the wazoo thermocells can only do so much uh but uh but yeah so the the big piece on like the metro is how 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 much public land you have around like like i gave you that example for madison but like milwaukee you may have, have to go uh, the first piece of public land might be in 30 minutes, so you mm-hmm. got to go 45 minutes to an hour to get to unpressured piece. Okay. You know? Um, and it's it's all relevant based on how much land there is because that's just where people are going to stop. And then the next like the next thought I've, I've always had, well, if you're going to drive, because proximity to home gives you, I can stop off after work and I can hunt after work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but if you're going to have to drive an hour or an hour and a half to your spot, well, then it kind of becomes a weekend spot. It's not really a, a weekday spot because you're going to have to drive a lot for maybe early okay. season, but not like during the rut. You're not going to be able to, unless you take a half day or something. Sure, sure. So then if you're going to drive an hour or an hour and a half to get to an okay spot, maybe driving two hours to get to a really nice spot might be a better use of your time. Interesting. And it's all... Especially if you could take that half day. Right. Because then that rules out the fact that a lot of other people probably aren't doing that because they're going to look for the weekend. 
Right. So now you're exactly. just trying to understand the dynamics a little bit differently and use some different things to your advantage. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, weekday hunting on public land is always going to be better than weekend yep. hunting, like 100%, because people just don't take yeah, off. Yeah, you don't have the time. Yeah. And they yeah. don't think they're going to shoot anything anyway. <laughs> they just have this mindset that they're not going to, that they're not going to. I have that mindset them. a lot. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Dan Infall talks about all the time, you got to have confidence that you're going to go in there and kill that deer. Yeah. Like, you got to have that confidence. But he also has a really good understanding of where that deer is. I'm <laughs> yes. like, are there even deer it's here unreal. at the time? Yeah. So like, I'm learning so much, you know, having been doing right. so many podcasts and he's especially got, talking to him. He's got x-ray eyes. I'm waiting him. for them to invite me out <laughs> on one of their he's scouting trips. And it's right. going to be a lot of fun because I'm sure we're going to get just drenched in some oh, swamp yeah. somewhere. Yeah, you get stuck and lost. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> terrible and uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so like um, after proximity, so you got like, you figure out if you can get close to home, then you got to get as close to home as you can without getting a ton of pressure yep. um then the next piece is that i always like to think about is the terrain like what kind of terrain do you want to hunt um you know i personally hunt swamps i've always wanted to shoot a big nasty swamp, swamp buck. Buck. <laughs> right and and i swear bucks get bigger in swamps because people don't hunt them mm-hmm. you know so it's just in like when you really look at it there's not much like area like in a swamp there's not many places like deer can bed or feed. They really are funneled into specific areas, you know, these little islands or these little pockets where yep. they have to bed. Um, and it's, so I, I like hunting swamps because it kind of limits all that. But I also uh, really like hunting, you know, big bluffs or ridges, which on like Western Wisconsin, yep. near La Crosse. Yeah, I hunt uh, for Yeah, Wild Lucy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I love that. One, there's very few mosquitoes in that area. True. You're not. Right, but two, I mean, you're hunting these big bluffs, big ridges, and deer will run those ridges all the time, and they'll go eat acorns in a specific area, and they'll bed on points, and you can kind of figure that out a little mm-hmm. bit easier. And it's not, you know, you're not always having to trudge through water. You're walking over nice dry ground, and you're figuring out your spot. Or, or some big ass hills. <laughs> yeah, right. Some I mean, of them are actually pretty it... dangerous. They like drop right off. You yeah, know? those the views oh, are man, breathtaking. But... Yeah. No, for sure. I've always wanted to sit on top of one of those and like see a deer run under. I know. I'm like, man, who's to say I can't bring my rifle? But then I'm like, how the hell would I get down there? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And do I aim like if you're with your bow? Do I aim 20 yards, 30 yards? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> straight down. It's crazy. <laughs> I put my pin on them. I used to hunt the Nicolay National Forest growing up. That's oh, really? Where I cut Way my up teeth. there. Yeah. From nice. like the first five years of hunting, and there were years when it was like literally negative 15 degrees, and like I would go to my stand and just freeze and i took all i could do to stay as long as i could to the point where it's like if i start if i wait any longer it's gonna get dangerous because i'm actually losing my dexterity and like i'm not gonna be able to physically climb down and so yeah for sure or pull the trigger dude it was nuts but there were some i remember like we go forever we go down these logging roads and we just hike and hike and hike and hike and hike and i had these mickey mouse boots which i still have and no insulation dude they're no no but they're they're warm which is confusing but they weighed an f ton dude they were just like oh, yeah, a sure. metric fuck ton of boot and so hiking in those was just god awful it's gotta it's, be the ears i don't know why the hell yeah i <laughs> I, I stayed into hunting if that's how i started you know but right. well, it's the drive man. says something about i don't know that there might be a couple screws loose there for all the deer hunters but <laughs> right well yeah and there's that like i, I really feel like the like, humans have hunted their their whole life yeah and there's just something something to be said about and i can't put my finger on it yet or i can't explain it very well to non-hunters but it's yep. like the first time you kill an animal and you eat it yep. and it's and it's yours and you did all it, that work to get it you're right 
it's it, it's a feeling that you can't like going to the grocery store just doesn't it's like ah yeah this is a steak but i i made my own steak i killed it and made it and brought it home prepped it yeah and everything it. yep. it's there's just a feeling about it and i'm sure that's what brought you in is once you get out there and even if with the mickey moose boots, <laughs> mickey moose mouse boots we have this idea too man that flies out my mouse 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 <laughs> too fast faster than i'm prepared for right maybe this beer will slow it down yeah. we're drinking some bush lattes here's the working the class blue smoothies column. yeah shout out to those guys <laughs> what else um, we got so we've talked about terrain yeah. a little bit yeah so swamps ridges um oh like i always like to look at crp or egg wisconsin okay. CRP, crp crop uh it's just like tall grass okay I, I oh always yeah called it CRP. thank never you really yes uh i've never really understood what it stands for oh. <laughs> but anyway someone will tell us that listens yeah to right someone will write in duh uh, but it's pretty much grassland but wisconsin does a ton of pheasant stocking okay so i always like yep. to understand where the crp is because a lot of times they will what is it conservation reserve program yeah so That's, I wouldn't right. have known that anymore. I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> I was thinking of some sort of grass stuff. I, so anyway, like I always under, like understand where the CRP is because um, it gives me a better idea as to where other hunters will be. Okay. And like big oak flats and stuff also gives me better ideas for like squirrel hunters or small game hunters. Speaking of squirrels. Yeah. Cats right one right there. there. Watching it. <laughs> it's a big killer. Um. And then I also, uh, egg fields are big. I always like to understand where those are. And then water. Are there lakes, ponds, uh, rivers, okay. creeks flowing through the property? Uh, and I've always, I have this dream hunt of like canoeing in and shooting a buck and then, you know, canoeing Pulling out. out. Canoe, yeah, yeah, I've always had that dream. So uh, I'm going to do it one of these days, maybe maybe off the Wisconsin River or something. But, uh, but yeah, I always like to understand where that is. Um, on the piece of property so then i mean water's a great funnel source okay like deer if they don't have to cross water they usually won't unless they're trying to get away from something yep so if you're you know if you got water that comes to like a, a t or a pinch like a v or something mm -hmm. like that that v is almost always a great spot because they'll follow that water until they get to that v and then they'll cross yep um so i always like to just figure that on the boots out. on the ground thing too like yep it could look like a river on the map. You get there, maybe it's just just shallow, rocky thing that you can cross. Yeah. Because you, if you think about that too, hunters aren't really willing to cross water either. No. And by and large, less so than the deer even, right? So right. that's the way I think about it. When I see water, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to keep... At least that's what Dan Infall just Oh, it too. does. Like, he 100%. Says like, well, 90% of the guys that are hunting this property, they ain't going there. Right. So how are you going to use that to your advantage, right? right? And then yep. think about where the deer are too. So, man, yeah. I hunted this property last year. And uh, bow hunting, and I hunted right by this river, and I had to cross cross this marsh to get there. And probably would be easier to take a canoe, but I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's it's fine. We just you just there must strap up and get in there. There must have been like a muskrat <laughs> fucking around in the water or something like this. <laughs> and every time I heard it, I was like, Oh god, here comes the monster bug! And I was like freaking out. And every single time it got me, and every yeah. single time it never was the deer. I'm like, Ah! Oh, and then I man. found out through the grapevine because I post things right through where hunt and you know there's enough people locally that knew where I was and they're like yeah dude my buddy just shot a 15 pointer in that spot 12 days ago I'm like ah that's where all those rubs <laughs> came from so I was in the right spot I was oh, too late man, that sucks. you know which made me feel really good because I was finally on to something yeah, you know you were I'm like, finally there and yeah, then you're gone I'm not even mad about it I'm just like 
cool. Right? Now I just gotta beat him next year, whoever that guy was. Yeah. I but. can't tell you how many like chickadees have thrown me off in cattails. You get real dry cattails mm-hmm. and you get like two or three chickadees flying around and they rustle up. Oh my like, gosh. Here he comes, here, here he comes. comes. <laughs> right? I had that too. I'm like, what the heck is going on out there? Birds. Yeah. I know, not even squirrels. Like, I hate squirrels the most, but like, yeah, that's when chickadees get you, you feel really bad about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever been, you ever been walking in your spot and have a turkey come out of roost and oh, scare God. the complete crap grouse, out of you? Grouse, man. Grouse always. Oh my God. Yeah. Yo, ah. oh, dude. <laughs> all the time. Man. Yeah, they freak me out. But, uh, in regards to what did you just said something um oh the water and and hunting pressure and access um it was i I had a really good story and i forgot it but it'll come back to me it comes back bring it up back um so oh it was last year all right it was about you uh your deer that someone shot right before you 12 days before you so last year i found this buck biggest buck i've ever seen in my life and i saw him right off the road he was at least 16 points and he probably scored in the 150s in june okay so in like he had a long time to grow and he yep. was going to be in the i guessed him for in the 170s so i'm hunting this buck and i'm dropping trail cameras all over the place and i can't find him at all and i'm like where the heck did he go so um and i just kept looking for him looking for him and i never found him and i ended up shooting like i saw like or I ended up shooting a nice buck in early October. Okay. Um, so then I was kind of done, but I still had all my cameras out. And I never saw him again, ever. So I was like, man, where did he go? And I was scouting for him and everything. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, I was scouting this, like, March. I'm walking past one of the private lease land. Uh, and I'm walking past this guy's house. And I start talking to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I see this this kid over here. They own private land next door in them big box blinds right there. Yeah, he shot a big, like, 18-pointer or something, or first day of gun season. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, where was he? And he was like, one of them box blinds, like, right on the the furthest one down is what he said. And I was like, come on. That's, like, the one spot I didn't have trail cameras. (laughs) And I was looking for him, and I was like, man. Like, ah, he must have been in there chasing some does or something. Because he wasn't – he had moved, like, a mile and a half, which isn't that much. But it's enough, like early season, you know, they generally stick to like yeah, yeah. You know, 50 to 80 yep. acres kind of right in there. And uh, it was enough that it was outside the range. But yeah, that was a heartbreak because that, that was a huge. I, was, I, was I didn't I was see the one that the guy it. got. I think if I had seen it, maybe I would be a little <laughs> bit more like, but whatever. I, yeah. That doesn't mean, I think spots like that still will hold big bucks. Because oh, yeah, that, I'm sure next year. It's the same damn be. type of animal, right? Not that one buck right? found this one spot. No. And I think, who the heck was I talking to you about this? Um, it was a couple podcast episodes ago that one of the guests I had on, and I feel terrible that I'm not remembering who it was, um, but they had said, like, you know, if, if a buck, I think it was the Whitetail Experience guys, they said that if a buck gets spooked or you spook a buck, like, that's not a bad thing because to that buck, he's saying that spot did its job. Yeah, it I alerted me. And I was I, like, yeah. dude. Not that I'm going to go around scaring deer or something like that, but that's good to know because in my mind, I would just write it off right then and there, but not thinking right, that maybe he'd come back, you know? Um, maybe right. he just goes a little more nocturnal no, or whatever, you, but just yeah. an interesting concept to consider. You hear so many podcasts where the guys are like, you only get two chances to kill that big buck, and that's it, and then he's gone forever. Well, well another just, one might find the same damn the spot case. to be a, yeah. an effective way to, oh, for sure. you know, like there's not people like there the, all the time. Yeah. The best analogy I've ever heard is if you're in a million-dollar mansion and there's a king suite in the top floor in the top corner 
and you die and you have it and then you die, do you think one of your friends are just going to leave it unused? <laughs> That's a no. funny if you die. Well, maybe it's haunted, but <laughs> right? Yeah, no, they're going to move in. Yeah. You know? So that's the same thing with big bucks. If there's like there's certain areas that hold big bucks every year because they're a great bedroom. Yep. They just are. They have great advantages and if you can figure out how to kill bucks in that bedroom, you can go back there and be successful yep, nearly absolutely. every All year. All the time, right? Yeah. As long as you're not beat, you know, getting other guys that beat you there, but Right, exactly. As long as it's nice and secluded and sure. you can hunt it a couple times, you get with some good winds. I mean, you'll find them. Awesome. Um, so on to my next, on to my next step here. So you got like proximity to home to recap proximity to a metro area. Uh, you got your terrain next. I want to talk about like access. Okay. So that's the, that's like the biggest piece is how easy a piece is to access because that's going to either deter or, um, or invite hunters. It's one or the other. Yep. Um, to your point about water, like if you're, if you got to cross water, that's going to stop so many people. Uh, last year I was hunting a spot and uh, there's this little creek. It's, mm-hmm. It looks like this nasty, swampy creek, but it's only like 10 feet wide. And so I'm going down there and uh, it was like the day before gun season. And this guy, the landowner that next door comes riding up on his four wheeler and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going, going hunting. I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be a fun <laughs> conversation. And he's like, oh yeah, where are you going? Cause, cause his, his land is kind of, kind of borders the public and uh, he doesn't have a great fence. So I'm sure he has issues. And I was like, Oh, I'm going way down here. I'm going to cross this little creek and get back in there. Immediately his attitude changed. And he was like, Oh really, man, you're going to see a ton of deer. (laughs) And he's like, like, that's a great spot. No (laughs) one ever goes down there. Every time I talk to hunters, they always want to go back here, right in my property and hunt this field. He's like, they are always there. No one ever goes down there. And I went down there and I saw six does. Holy you crap. Know? Yeah. So I was like, at first time ever hunting a spot. And I was just like, and all I had to do was cross a 10 foot wide creek. Was it pretty mucky? Or? And it was not mucky. It was like, a, it, it looks like, it, like it, but it's a hard bottom. So sure. it was, it looked like a piece where it's, you're like, uh, it's, it looks like it's foot you're deep, but I know like it's going to be yeah. three or four and I'm going to get stuck. And it was, it was a foot deep. So I just walked right across it. I had a big stick feeling it out, you sure. know, so I didn't sink. Um, got right across and just walked right to it. That's awesome. Yeah. My buddy and I went scouting with my dog last year and we were going to cross this river or whatever we didn't because of the dog. Cause I was like, well, if it's mucky, the dogs might, he might actually have a problem. Yeah. And I stuck. just wasn't sure. I'm like, uh, oh, Holly would kill me. You know, if I like killed our dog <laughs> and this shed hunting exhibition, exhibition, what the heck? exhibition whatever you want to call it and like but i was like dude yeah we should i'm like i'm like i was ready to go dan info cell and take my freaking pants off and hold them on my head and just do it and i was like uh eddie what are you gonna do you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, get stuck (laughs) so yeah but but access so um you know this is this is probably the biggest piece and it's there's a lot of factors that go into access so the first one that I always look at is the type of road that the piece is on. Okay. So if it's on a highway, like, um, you know, Highway 15 or whatever, like that that piece is going to be seen by a lot of people, and I'm sure that public land side is pretty close to there, so more people are going to be There's like, awareness. oh, yeah, yeah. people are going to slip in there. Um, whereas if it's on some back one-lane road or back dirt road, there's going to be a lot less people there. So... Uh, be just because they don't know about it unless they're online doing their research or finding the plat maps or whatever sure like they're just not gonna know so uh, finding those pieces that are off a main highway is is premium 
Um, and I know that from ex experience. I used to hunt a piece, and I scouted it all out, and I spent a lot of time on it. And then opening day comes around, and I got a couple hunts in. And then once pheasant season opened, small game hunting mm -hmm. opened, and it got a little cooler. Like, it was, it was pheasant hunters, small game hunters up the wazoo, and more bow hunters than than I've ever seen on this on one piece. Wow. It was it was unreal. So I was just like, yeah, I'm done with that, you know. Um so I got off that piece and then I moved to other pieces and uh and it's been much more successful if they're not on a highway. Uh so that actually works really well. And you can also measure access like I use I use a bunch of trail cameras. Yep. So last year I had an elk hunt um in over opener opening weekend, but I had eight trail cameras out and I always, I always hang my trail cameras like 10 to 12 feet up in the air. I know that it's becoming more and more popular, but it's, it still is a deterrent. Um, yeah, because I don't have my climbing sticks with me if right? I can't reach. Yeah, and, and you get a, you get a, um, a cable, a python lock, and mm -hmm. you can do that. And a lot of people uh, have like an issue with angling it down. Like, yeah, you can set it up there, but you don't have a way to angle it down. So you can do it with a couple sticks and make like a cross right behind sure. the trail camera. But well, you can also do it uh, stick and pick, which is right in Wisconsin here. They make a little strap-on piece that you can that strap like a little onto wedge. the tree. Yep, that straps onto the tree, and you just screw your camera in and angle it down, and it's, it's it works perfectly. And that way, it's and you can still lock it up that way yeah. too. So it's just a big deterrent. Um, but I did that across all eight cameras, and I had all eight cameras on different access points, okay. kind of on different hunting spots from different parking lots, and of those eight cameras six of them i got people on in opening weekend like walking hmm. through or, or small game or pheasant hunters or something so i pulled i immediately just cut my losses on all those spots and went to the two places that i didn't have a single person on and i had deer on and that's what i, I that ultimately led to my success last year of, of shooting a nice eight point buck in early october that's great so, so you ruled out all those other spots yeah. that you could have sat at Exactly, and I was gonna sit like the spot where I killed him yep. was one of my last options, yep. and it turned out now it's like my number one because no one ever hunts there. Yeah. So it's a it's a so access is just like it's so big, um, and that's not even like the roads, but also the trails. Like yep. if you got logging trails or the DNR Mose trails through there or something like that, like that always gives people easy access. Of course, and they walk that no problem, and they'll <laughs> right. set up right off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, and yeah. even then, like, you know, people always say like, oh, you need to get a mile back or a half mile back. Dude, not even if is. you, if you, my, <laughs> my thing is like, if you get a bunch of freaking razor sharp cuts on the back of your hand and a bunch of those little freaking, not the burrs, but those little two prong things. Oh yeah. Like if you have enough of that going on, you don't have to go that far at all because a lot of people aren't going <laughs> through pricker bushes and freaking, no, they're not like that in itself is a deterrent. Oh, and sure. that, that's my version of getting off the beaten path and like. If you don't got spiders on you and all that shit, then you didn't go the, down the right path. Right. I mean, maybe you don't have to go as far, but a dense, popular like a dense area of all that vegetation, um, it's gonna deter a ton of people. Yeah, right. Because the pain, dude, it is terrible to go through. <laughs> right. You know. Um, but the reward is there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it could be. I guess that's the hardest part. Is like, is this? Really I look worth for those it? spots. On, <laughs> uh, so if I'm walking down that main trail, right, and I see some real thick stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna turn here. And like, cause I know no one else is gonna do that. They're looking for the right. one little off trail, or they're gonna keep going. The nice and and like, you know, the way yeah. my dad kind of did it with me. He's like, here we go. I'm like, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> you know, right. and, and now that's how I roll. So, yeah. 
No, and that's a great point because it's not always distance. People always say like, yeah, and it, that distance. is a part of it, but you know, it's yeah, because I've been there's a spot that I've been a mile back, yep. like almost exactly a mile, and then I went and but it was on a trail, and then I'd go two hundred yards right. off the trail, yeah. and I'd run into people because Man. it's easy walk, yep. and then I'd go. 500 yards from the parking lot and I wouldn't see a soul <laughs> except for when they get out of their car and go yeah. you know like they never go over there and I'd see deer there because people just don't they overlook it right yeah, away they, they overlook they it think right I away. get a mile back you know and yeah. right so I know it's interesting those, yeah those little honey holes are far and few between but I mean if you can find them like you listen to some of these podcasts and these guys are killing killing huge deer you know uh, 50 yards off the road yep you know, that's the Dan Infault. Yeah, Molly's like I sat there and read the read the quote. Read I'm the paper. I'm doing yeah. pass shakes here, but <laughs> you know, um, read the paper and watch all these guys walk He's past. He's like, I saw the deer, right? And, and people kept going, and that's a it's a pretty interesting example. Yeah, um, no, it's true though. So if you can find those honey holes that are like right off there, because everybody just walks past them, or everybody's following that trail. You can you can almost know that everybody's going to get out of their car and take that trail yep. and go a certain direction. So if you go the other direction, you're probably doing all right, you know? Hell yeah. Um, and another tip I have, so uh, in Wisconsin, they ask you to register all your CWD, which I do every year. And I've learned and I talked, had a conversation with a biologist that I had to call and talk to. And after talking with him, I got to know him. So I started... Uh, just like a relationship with him over the phone and every now and then I'd call him and ask him, you know, what deer have been shot and stuff like that. And he'd be like, Oh, you know, there's a few bucks that have been shot, a few nice ones. One guy was bragging to me about it, whatever. But then I figured out that he was also, um, one of the guys in charge of mowing all the paths. So I was like, Hey man, are you going to mow this path or are you going to mow that path this year? Or how are you guys going to sure. do that? And so after talking to him, he's like, well, we plan on mowing here, here and here. So then I know, where all those paths are going to be and then i cannot go there because like this year specifically i found some apple trees on a new piece yep and i was and they were they were budding in like july so i was like oh my god apple apples on you know public <laughs> land yep, yep. early season i'm gonna kill a deer here 100 percent um so i hung some cameras and i got a bunch of pictures of deer and so you know jacked up right oh and it's just like deer 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 <laughs> And I'm like, perfect, you know, and I, I reset my camera, left them out there, came back like two weeks later, and there was a mowed trail all the way to the trees. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it just kills my spot because now every hunter and their brother can walk that trail right back yep. to the apple trees. Yep. So I just, I cut my losses and I gave up on that spot. Oh, that's hard. I know, it's like I was that's getting pictures one. of does every day in a couple small bucks. And I yep. was like, Ugh. but I mean, you know, after maybe you can kill one opening day, there yep. but after that i mean you're kind of sol and i already got pictures of people walking back there right after they mowed it man so i'm like there's other people out here already so and i didn't know that so after i after they mowed that i was like oh i got a guy and figure out where they're mowing so i can <laughs> <That's> awesome, <dude. laughs> so i can set that's up my great, cameras and my spots relationship to have yeah so i mean and those guys like i mean they're they're usually just sitting on a computer all day so you give them a call and talk to them for 10 15 minutes they're usually happy to yeah. talk to you yeah they're like thank god yeah right and they're they say like every day or every year the couple days before gun season they get phone calls hey i'm coming up there and i need to hunt like where should i go and they're like well i'm not going to give you all the honey holes you know because like you're just calling in to get spots um <laughs> <laughs> so like if you build a relationship with them they'll actually help you out a little bit more if yeah. you're not calling you know yeah. three days before your gun favorite season. beer you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know <laughs> hey you from around here you know build a whatever little mini economy yeah. there right and i just yeah just have a chat with them and, and uh 
build that relationship and then figure out where they're mowing and where they're not and it works out really well that's cool so yeah because where i hunt they mow certain paths some years and not yep. others um and that mow like i it's amazing well, I know, how like, much of when you turn. when you do mowing or trimming like that too like what it does for the vegetation like when you're doing forestation or whatever like logging and you clear an area it it produces all this new vegetation yeah. that comes up so that's a, an attractant for deer for a lot sure. of the time but yeah. obviously also for hunters in that sense oh yeah so you, you know, right. how do you deal with that it's yeah i don't i you know a lot of them are just you know eight foot wide paths yeah or it's just a giant mower but um but yeah i you know i've seen deer feeding on them like i've sat yeah. in spots where you can they'll come out and just feed right on there that new growth sure. you know that new growth clover yep. whatever's yep. popping up they like that stuff a lot and uh and it also like when they because every year they also like sometimes they rearrange the paths too mm -hmm. so like it'll give you a different access point sure so if you're sense. trying to get to a certain field yep and they mow a different path well now you're entering it from the north rather than the south so now you can only hunt that or if you want to take the path you got to hunt on a south wind because you're entering from yeah the north, that makes sense or if you're you going know where around the beds are, yep. yeah you got to hunt from the south so it's a, uh, it's it's always a. Uh, it's always an interesting dynamic to talk to them and figure out what oh, they're yeah. doing. And a lot of times they're nice. And if you can get a hold of the actual field techs. Yep. They'll talk guys. more, way more. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are the guys. Cause talk they want to tell you about what they've seen out there. Probably. Yep, oh, exactly. yeah, I did see da, 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 or I saw that. Yep. And they're the, yeah. they're the actual ones doing the mowing. So sure. if you like, Hey, where are you going to, you know, are you going to mow this one or this one? I mean, you might be able to, and I haven't done it, but you might be able to like, you should really mow this one this year <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, you should don't really go clear to the apple again. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. If I ever run into that one, I'll be like, hey, man, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> that's awesome. um, so that's kind of, that's that's the big access piece is, you know, the, the easier it is to access, the more hunters you're going to have. The harder it is to access, the less amount of hunters you're going to have. So when you're going through kind of your checklist of how you're going to find your piece, yep. you know, proximity to your house, proximity to Metro, uh, how, what type of terrain you want to hunt. And then is there a lot of access to it? Yay or nay? You know, and I always like to find those pieces that it's nay. It's, it's those are tough. great tips, man. Yeah. Do you have a video like that on Instagram already? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's, it's super short. So I have like Instagram only allows you to post the one minute. Yep. So I got to like do these little tiny clips. You know, and I got to trim it down to like the most important information or what I think might be the most important. But then I always put like a long form on YouTube. Sure. So like my one minute clips are actually like eight, nine minutes, which give more of an explanation because I feel like if you're a new hunter and you just hear, go find oak trees because they have acorns, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> okay. But there's a lot more to it yeah. than that. White like, oak, red oak, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And how do you hunt them? Do you just sit right yep. in the oak and just let them fall <laughs> below you and then shoot them? Yeah. Oh, no, you probably don't. You, you, you hunt yeah. off to the side so you can wait for them to come in, right? So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's crushing that into that yep. one, minute, uh, one minute video. Um, the next piece I always look at is food sources. Okay. Like what food sources? We just talked about something, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And my um, dad's a big believer in acorns. He thinks oh, it's man. like the best thing in the world. Dude, so. I, I think they, they are, I love them like so much because they're a natural food source. So it's not like soybeans or, or corn or alfalfa that's planted. It's mm -hmm. just natural. It's it, deer have been eating it for thousands of years. So they just naturally like it. And then two, it's on public and private. So you can always hunt yep. oak trees. You can always hunt acorns wherever they are. So whenever I'm looking at a new spot, that's like my primary, uh, that's my primary and piece. And if they're that fresh I or not, right? Like depending yep. on when they drop. Yeah, exactly. And some years they don't even drop. Yep. You know, some years they right. don't produce. And then if you're always hunting this one spot and one no, year your oak tree doesn't produce, heck. well, 
you know, you probably should have a plan A, plan B, plan C. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and egg fields rotate. You know, you're not, right. you don't right. know what the farmer's going to plant. In fact, I just went out the other night. Uh, we had our, our niece and nephew in the car, and I said, hey, guys, you want to go see some deer? Because I know where there's always, like, a lot of deer to go look at in the field. And last year it was corn. I didn't even consider that. Or, I'm sorry, last year it was beans or whatever. And then this year's corn. I was like, gosh, we ain't going to see a damn thing. <laughs> right. Like, when are they going to cut the corn, you know? And, and so I was exactly. like, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. And in some years, like, I mean, even not just corn's a great cover source for them. Yeah. And if they get a wet, a wet fall and they leave the corn up, well, that's going to kill the deer hunting because they can just sit they're in the corn. They're just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Just sit and eat and lay around. And then you're stalking through cornfields, which I've never done, but I hear it's pretty fun. Yeah. I've heard um, stories of people right? like getting up on their car and like looking down the rows <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to see them. I've had I, my coworker. They have private land back in New York. They have like a thousand acres, and that's like the number one way one of the brothers hunts on the farm. Is really? he walks. He'll the go stocks. like yeah. He'll go down the rows. Then he'll go like a hundred, hundred fifty yards down, and then he'll go back through all the rows. So he'll just go back and forth and zigzag through all the rows, and and he gets a crack at a good buck every year doing that. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, you could get real close. Oh yeah, because I mean, especially if it's windy, all the corns yeah. just rattling yeah, together. Yeah. I mean, they scare no the crap idea. out of each other. The deer <laughs> like, oh my god, like, oh my god, <laughs> right? Get up, run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Um. So like the so we're talking about like soybeans, corn, on private land. You got a lot of food plots. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they even I've heard. I've heard of spots, none, none of the public land I hunt, but some some public land they actually do plant food plots for hunting, sure. um, for turkeys, for deer, for whatever's yep. out there to eat. Uh, and then actually in my spot, or the public land that I hunt, there's a lot of sunflowers too. Oh, yeah. Which okay. is That's which cool. is pretty cool, yeah. yeah. I mean, deer eat them all the time. I've seen deer eat them. I got cameras of pictures of deer eating the sunflowers. Mm -hmm. um, but it brings a lot of uh, other hunters, a lot of dove hunters are out huh. there then too. Um and Which I hear is a ton of fun. Well. I've never done it. But oh, really? I we should heard go. it's good. We should go. It's so I got a, I got a couple fields picked out. All right, this cool, year. man. All right, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. Get you out there. Yeah, it's it's so fun. <laughs> it's a good time. I love and it. like dove breast, like talk about like the ultimate chicken nugget. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, like they're just little medallions of perfection. Like you that you you delicious. get a bunch of them, and you can do like the poppers with you know jalapenos and sour cream oh and god yeah you cut them in half yeah. you know and then you fold them over almost like, like a mini just butterfly time for a packer game I'm yeah oh good. man and you can go out there and you can get your limit and then you can uh next day go out there and then you can have a feast on like a sunday afternoon or something that's like that. cool yeah that it's cool. awesome so we'll go it's hard to it's hard to get all the bb's out of them. <laughs> they're bet, so I small bet, yeah. and if you hit them you're pretty much hitting their breast <laughs> so you got to pick out bb's but but yeah, uh, sunflowers for deer hunting are, are pretty good too. And on public, like they plant them there too. Um, a lot of people, I've seen more and more people doing it on private, but I, the food plot industry is so big. There's like so many options yeah, to choose right. from. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's unreal. But on, on public, it's almost always, the, what I'm looking for is oak trees, um, apple trees, uh, even some chestnuts, like okay. if I can find chestnuts on the ground or yep. walnuts or something. Yep. Every now and then you'll get you'll get deer actually feeding One on year those. I found we found apples on public, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I found like fresh scad or whatever. Like yes, this is great. And then um, I look up and I'm like, oh, smile. I'm on a trail cam. <laughs> someone yeah. beat me to it, so this spot's not gonna work at all. Yeah, oh. this spot's busted. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I you have to do a thumbs up and you know whatever. Like, right, you win yeah, the I battle. Here's my number if you yeah. ever decide to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and you got to look on the public land, like, specifically for public land hunting, 
you want to find all the food sources that you can on the public land because most of the time, like, the, you're going to kill in the early season, you're going to kill a deer over a food source. Yep. Um, but you also want to know all the private land around it. So it's not just focus on yours because you may have the best bedding on public land. Yep. And then they may travel to the private to eat. Yep. So if you can get in between that route, that travel route, yep. then that's, that's good. You know, that's a premium yeah. funnel. Yeah. You could just, yeah. It's one of my most favorite ways to hunt because a lot of people don't analyze it that way. Mm -hmm. They want to go to the egg field that's on the public and hunt that field edge, which you know, most of the time on public land, like I see a lot of tracks on trails, deer tracks on trails mm -hmm. and in fields, yep. but almost all that movement and is, is that on night? night. Yeah. yeah. It's almost all nocturnal. So I think I call those bait spots. It's like you hunters, get a lot baited. Of hunters in. Yeah. yeah. Hunters get baited to sit there, you know, by, by mother earth. Like they're just, they get baited to sit there and I always have to like analyze a spot and go, is this a bait spot or not? Am I getting baited into sitting here? Am I going to see nothing and just have all the movement between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m.? <laughs> right. Or is it I actually... I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? There's or so they all many come out. They all come out yeah. right as it's not shooting hours oh, anymore. You're like, okay, yeah. well, now I can't see a damn thing other than a couple blurs right. out there. Yeah. And I think that's a huge limitation and a huge misconception for new hunters sure. because they watch TV shows and everybody in there, yeah. I mean, everybody's sitting on food plots, and they come out and they shoot mm -hmm. them, and they yeah, get you know food, deer. fifty okay, minutes of great. film. Tracks, you know, it's all a sign. Yeah. yeah, they don't see that it's you know a thousand acres that's highly managed, and they're the only hunter on. I was one of those guys that got baited into that until I started hearing Dan talk more Dan info, and I'm like, nope, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, like, no more like, of this crap. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I sat, I've sat plenty of field edges. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to learn that, but then once I started, you know, you work, you start. Like my favorite scouting tool or how I like to scout the most is you start on the field edge, you find that trail that comes into the field and then you work it backwards hmm. until you find a bed. So that's how I, that's yeah, generally that's how I, like, how I do it. Yeah. And you can set a trail camera. Like I never set them right on a field edge on public cause it just scares me. Uh, people do. And I know people do and I've seen it. Um, and I'm sure they get pictures, but I just, I'm always terrified yeah. that they're going to get stolen. So I'll go, if I find that trail, I'll go 50 yards or to 100 yards back off the field on the trail, set my camera, and then if I'm getting daytime pictures, I'll leave it there. If I'm only getting nighttime pictures, I'll move it further back okay. and keep moving it further back every uh, two to four weeks um, based on how much pressure that public is receiving and stuff and move it back until I get daytime pictures or to the trail splits, which happens Something, a lot of sure. time, and then it goes to different satellite beds and all that. So it's always it's always trying to find that movement during daytime, and then you hunt off that field. You go to the field, and you just take that trail back. Yeah. I would, say I would call it out. reverse engineering. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, I guess that's the best yep. way to, or yeah, that is a great way to describe yeah. it. So, and a lot of people just like, oh yeah, there's, there's a trail, let's sit on the field edge. It's like, God, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Hey, that but way no, in cool. Keep doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what yeah, you're doing. Everybody, don't do listen that. to what we're saying. You keep doing that. We'll go figure something else out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't share this podcast with those people. I'm just <laughs> right. Let them sit. Let them sit there. We'll um, say hi on the way out. Yeah. Yeah. Drain so, your deer. <laughs> right. Um, so then, that's that's kind of like the food sources piece that I look at is you know trying to find those food sources, hone in on them, drop yep. some cameras on them, reverse engineer it, figure out where they are. And then uh, another piece to that is how much, like, how often do you check, like, your trail cameras or how often do you go out I was going to ask you that, but you kind of like said a little bit there. Well, I do. So I, this is not based on science or anything. I will start that disclosure. Um, but I think the more 
pressure a piece of land gets, yep. the more often you can check your cameras and not have an issue. Okay. So the theory Because they're so used that, to it, right? Right, exactly. And that's, like, if you're, a lot of people, like, say, like, oh, you shouldn't, like, that camera's in a bedding area, you shouldn't go check it, or something like that. And I agree with that if you know that no one else is walking through there. So if you find a bedding area on public land, like I have a camera in one right now, I set it up and I listened to your Dan Info podcast <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I can't check that until like the before season because I know it's within like 20 yards. I found some buck beds in March yep. and I know it's in within like 20 yards so of three buck beds. So you do not want to disturb it. So I'm not, I'm not going to go back there until like the week before opener and then I'm going to check it, yep. make sure that buck's in there because I saw him from the road. I actually saw him from the road. I, took some photos of him cool and he's like he's gonna be like 130 inch eight point so he looks pretty nice um so i'm not gonna go back there and check that one but there's other cameras that i have in in areas where i know other people are going yep. by or getting close to so like when i hunt the state park why loosing is the one that we go to for gun but i hunt other parks where there's a lot of just um recreational trails and hiking trails yeah. And so there's a lot of these people that are just there all of the time, even with their dogs. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a great spot because the deer become desensitized to human human interaction oh, and, and walking trails and scent. For sure. And I'm like, man, those are the best spots for me from a scent control standpoint because I suck at reading the wind like <laughs> as far as where the bedding might be. Like, right. you know, if I just don't know the property that well. And um, I'm like, well, who cares? Because these deer smell it all. You know, right. How do they tell the damn difference? You know, and I right. would actually see people coming through and I would see deer. You know, right? like, because they're so used to it. Right. So Didn't Dan talk about that? He was like, um, I had pictures he, of a buck I, that walked the main trail yeah, right after yeah. people. But there hours. was one year when I went and we called in uh, an A-pointer. And, like, two minutes before that, like, some, like, two ladies walked by on this freaking walking trail. And they had no idea we were there because we're in camouflage up on right. this ridge. And, you know, I could see them, which is kind of also entertaining to see all these people oh, yeah. It's kind of creepy, <laughs> right? Like, right? No one no knows you're there. here. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, it is. It's so, I have that all the time. But. Yeah, and especially other hunters who don't know you're there. I scared the they... crap out of a guy one time. He actually, like, he almost was, like, right on top of me. Just, like, standing. I'm, like. Were you in a stand? No, I was on the ground. Okay. And uh, on this ridge up against a tree. And I'm, like, I'm going to tell this guy that I'm here. And, and no matter how I approach it, like, I'm going to scare him. And I don't know. I'm, like, hey. <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. I didn't see him. Like, I know. I saw you for a while. And right. I didn't know when to tell you. He's, like, well, my son shot a deer. Did you see anything come through? I'm, like, no, I haven't seen anything. But. Right. Sorry, no good luck. Sorry, I scared you. Yeah, my <laughs> app, you know, you, you would have saw me. Right? Yeah, you had where to hunt, man. I was right here. It was pinging. Yeah, yeah. Should have known. Here, download this. Yeah, it's like, I am a, I'm a salesman, yeah. right? So I'm I did selling that. it to everybody. I did that this spring with turkey hunters. Yeah. I was tucked into this great spot, and uh, and I saw there was there was a tom and two hens out in this field, and they had been so call shy. I didn't want to call or anything. I just they were working their way to, towards me and I was like, perfect. You know, yep. I'm just going to hang out here and wait for them to come in. And then, uh, I had heard a few toms out in front of me gobbling from the roost and I heard them, I heard them come down yep. and I knew they were out in front of me, probably anywhere from a hundred to 200 yards. And I'm sitting there and this toms all strutted out in the field. And then I hear some grass moving out in front of me, like 30 yards. And I'm like, all oh, right. You know, and it starts moving and I, I hear a branch break and I'm like, oh, it's probably a deer. You know, like, oh, the worst time I went. Right, the only right. time I don't want to see a deer, it's <laughs> oh, probably a deer. So I'm like more grass moves and then, uh, and it's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, and I'm like, God, it might just be a really big Tom or, or a couple Toms or something. So I'm like getting my gun up and I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden, achoo! <laughs> and I was like, shit. <laughs> so they start, they start getting closer and closer to me. 
and then I then they get like within probably ten feet on ten feet of me, and I'm behind this big brush brush pile, and uh, I'm like, "Hey guys, I'm right here. Don't shoot me!" And they're like, "Whoa, who? Whoa, sorry, sorry, man." And I'm like, "He's like, did you see those turkeys out there?" I'm like, "Yeah, they're gone now." <laughs> you know, and he's like, "I had a guy yeah. walk up on me last last fall." bow hunting just some recreational hiker but way off the trail i'm like what are you doing i'm like i saw you coming forever right. i'm like you're coming right at me man I'm like I, I, we are not on a trail right now what are you trying to accomplish today right yeah, i was like that's yeah, a beautiful day i can't blame you for being out here like, right whatever yeah, i'm not gonna see any damn deer now picking mushrooms or something i think i did see deer actually later on they're just a little too far out of range but yeah anyway so <laughs> um so anyway off that other topic the next the next piece that i always look for on um on hunting ground when I'm checking things out is other hunters. You know, okay. we touched on it earlier, but like another way like to funnel deer or to um, understand how to use the piece is, is there a CRP and do they plant pheasants? Okay. Um, how, how big is a small game population around here? And, and are there a lot of hunters out here that hunt small game? Are they hunting doves? You know, is that sunflower field going to suck? Because sure. September one's going to hit and it's just going to get blown up with shotguns. Yep. You know, um, and waterfowl, like if you're hunting water and stuff, I've had plenty of duck hunters uh, mess me up because you're right. Yep, they'll, they'll, come they'll come right through in their boat or whatever. And like I, I always like to hunt edges of rivers or something like that, and they'll come right in. And, and I had one waterfowl hunter literally like set his boat up within 20 yards of me because he had no idea. And I it was a morning that I didn't forgot to bring my flashlight, so I kind of like crap. yeah. So I was just you know waterfowl hunters they always hit hit, hit everybody with their flashlight. Yep. So it took me a little bit, and I was like, oh, I got my phone. So I pulled out my phone, and I turned the flashlight on, and I wave it at them, and they just kind of, like, looked at me, and then there's, and I heard them, like, cuss a, cuss a few times, and then they went out and grabbed a couple decoys, got back in their boat, and, <laughs> and they went out, like, 100 yards down, which was super nice of them. They didn't have to. Yeah. But I was already all set up in my tree stand and everything. Um, and that's I, that's public land hunting. Yeah, that's so, how it goes. But that's right? it. We're all, we're all out there trying to enjoy the same property for a lot of the similar reasons. And, right. like... You can't blame them. Yeah, like, when, when you get into that parking lot at the end of the day, everyone's cool. Yeah, you know it is. And so like, people always think that public land hunters like you're always gonna run into jerks no, or assholes. I, I, it hasn't and I've, happened. I've never run into somebody who's yeah. like. Maybe you're a little bit more guard about like what maybe you had seen or something, but you're never. I don't know. Just a dick. Like yeah. I haven't run into a, a dick yet who's like, oh, don't go back there. That's my spot. Yep. You can't never. go there. It's like, how'd you do, man? Did you see anything? How right? it's a beautiful night, right? Like. Yeah. What a great, what a, a great 90, yeah. Or congrats, you got one. Like, right? You know, yeah, and then let's I go had, check it out. And oh, I hunted Illinois last year and from Wisconsin, you know, we're not huge fans of people from Illinois, yep. but I was down there. They're okay. And right there, all right. <laughs> so, so I was down there and I was, I was hunting and I, and I almost, I almost killed. I was trying to film and my camera got messed up and it like swung out and it spooked the deer. Oh, like, Damn. Yeah. So I got out of there, but I went back to the parking lot and there was a guy there and I was like, yeah, you know, I was so close. I almost got one, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I was, and I shared all the information. I was like, you just want to go right down here. This is my last day. Like this is exactly nuts, where I yeah. call him. Saw him. Yeah. Go kill him, man. If you can. And he's like, oh yeah, that would have been awesome. You know, I definitely would have helped you drag it out. And I was like, that would have been awesome, you know, because it was down Because you just there. want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, he just, he's like, man, we've been coming here for 22 years, and we kill, we usually kill a, a buck every other year. I mean, I'd be happy to help you drag it. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. You're right, that's like These the are the stories thing. you don't hear. Do you hear this, yeah. everybody? These are the stories that exist that aren't being amplified that we should share more often. Yeah, I mean, most of these people are nice, and most of them are, 
they're not like these serious jerks. They, if you don't see deer, usually they don't see deer either. Yeah, you know, right. a lot like, of people, just, right? Lisa's a nice out of the yeah. a nice night out of the house, right? I know. Last uh, two years ago during gun season, I was I wanted to scout a piece, like I was talking earlier, and I got out there and I met this guy in the parking lot, and there's like probably I could see from the parking lot six hunters, yep. like <laughs> out in this like field, and I was like, oh great, this is gonna be fun. So I was talking to this guy. And, uh, and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to make this huge loop. I'm going to go all the way to the border. I'm going to go through all the trash and all the swamp. I just want to get back there. I'm going to sit back there for an hour or two, and then I'm going to work my way out. I've always kicked out deer in this area. So you're trying to tell them, like, hey, yeah. there's a good chance. So, so I'm going to come back, and if you stay here, like, you're – probably going to kill some deer yeah. like I've, i see him here all the time and he's like oh really yeah i've i've <laughs> cool. killed a deer in four years out here man i would just come out here every now and then and, and i was like yeah like just stay there and i'll help you out so we walked out there together we split off i went my way he went his and i get up on this ridge next to this other hunter and i'm like hey i'm just gonna go down in here you know blah 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 and he's like okay cool and then a deer kicks out from another hunter and uh comes running over <laughs> and this guy's freaking out and i'm like and there's like six hunters shooting at it. So I'm like hiding behind oh a tree. Oh my God. And this guy, and it's coming right at us. Yeah. Like we're on top of this ridge and it's down in this bowl below us. And I'm like, please don't come up here. Please don't come up here. <laughs> oh, and Jesus. it runs through the bowl. This guy looks at me. He's like, do you see it? Where is it? Where is it? And he's just all into it. So he goes, and he was just telling me he hadn't shot a deer in a couple of years. So I was like, it's right. Like I see it. It's right there. Like it's all yours, man. You know, and he, he plugged it at a hundred yards That's and dumped awesome. it right there. And he was super <laughs> excited. My buddies and my so, dad had a thing last, last year where two bucks came in chasing a hot doe. And my dad had just been talking to my buddy there. He was on his way out or in or whatever. Someone was on the way out. Someone's on the way in. And these two bucks come chasing this doe. And so my dad had to hit the deck <laughs> so they could shoot. Right? Yeah. And then they got two of the bigger bucks out of the, out of the um, whole that's party. That's awesome. So it was, yeah. like, it was a crazy story. No, that's yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I ended up working my way around that huge loop. Yep. And the guy didn't stay in the spot. Because I, I got that one yeah. guy, that deer, sure. that I just ran into. And the other guy that I set up, I jumped two huge does. And uh. they ran 50 yards from the spot where I told them to be. And he was up by the guy who shot the deer before. Because he's like, well, I heard shooting over here. So I figured there were deer. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, they're probably shooting and they probably killed it. So you should have, <laughs> you should have yeah, stayed that, in your that spot. That spot's not good, <laughs> right? Yeah. That spot's not good anymore. <laughs> so, no, that was that was that was great. But I mean, you know, other hunters, uh, like back to like the whole point of like pheasant hunters, small game hunters, waterfowl hunters. Yep. Um, you can really use them to your advantage because if a property's you know a few hundred acres. And there's a huge CRP field and there's some other areas that small game hunters do. They will push those deer out of that area. Yep. So it'll really funnel those deer into very specific areas. Not They're not going to be in that CRP field anymore. They're not going to be in like the oak, the oak flats anymore because that's where all the squirrel sure. hunters are. So they're going to be back further in that marsh and they're going to be relegated to spe- very specific areas. And I've used that multiple times so to kind of have advantage. awareness not only about the other hunters other types of hunters in addition to that pay attention to what else is in season and when exactly yeah i even mean like the youth hunt stuff like okay well yeah. there's a bunch of guns in the woods this weekend yep. like how can i use that to my advantage or not exactly yeah you know? exactly no and i've definitely had uh had success like even talking to pheasant hunters like hey i'm gonna be bow hunting back here if you guys want to push the field be my guest you know if you guys even want to try to push this wood line i would love that because if there's deer in there which there usually are they're going to come down by me yep and i've had it happen where they push deer out to me and they're they're fine with that because 
every now and then you'll kick a pheasant out of the woods anyway. Yep. So that's cool. No, it's always yeah, it's always fun talking to other people, and as long as you have a positive attitude, yeah, they yeah. do too. I have you an know. overly positive attude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a curse or something. Oh man. Well, so, rock on. That, those yeah. are those are all really solid tips. Yeah. So that's and like. It's nice that yeah. you got to unpack them a little bit. Yeah. Rather than I, the one minute, right? I, yeah. I, I guess that. Yeah. <laughs> so where do people find minute. you if if I'm on Instagram or Facebook? Um, how can I find you? Sure. Um, you're just gonna go to like it, Facebook's just Anthony Heller is how you'd find me, and then um, my Instagram is Heller underscore Anthony. And that picture is me just holding up a couple of rabbits that we got. Yeah, was, that was an awesome day. Went out with uh, some guys with beagles for the first nice. time ever. That's cool. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh yeah, they were in a bunny hunting tournament. And they needed some extra, <laughs> some extra, extra guns. Who I met through Allison Rosher. No way. Yeah. Like I've met this guy. Uh, yeah, and so he just invited me out. He was like, "Hey, we got a bunny hunting tournament. If you want <laughs> to join, awesome. we need another gun." That's awesome. So yeah. Oh, and the best part is we ended up walking, ended up walking away with three hundred bucks at the bunny hunt tournament. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's it great. was it was unreal. Yeah, so but watching beagles work for like the first time ever, sure. they had four beagles and they're just the nose to the ground and then the yeah, when they, get when they are like, actually oh, not being annoying in the house. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was totally to do, worth yeah. it. Um, so yeah, that's that's me, Heller Heller underscore Anthony, and then I'm also starting. Uh, I'm going to turn my name into uh, a company soon, um, and it's called Deer Vein. So okay. D E D E E R yep. deer and then vein V A N E like an archer archery vein. Got it. Um, and that's just deervein.com. So and that's that's gonna be kind of it'll be like a, f- a formal website, but then it'll also have like a library of all like my YouTube and yep. Instagram videos. So like when new hunters come to the site and say they want to learn about early season hunting, there'll be, there'll be a, a, a kind of like a playlist for, or a category yep, for that. Exactly, yep. and you can talk like early season hunting soybeans. Oaks, you know how or like how to set up tree stands. I mean, do you remember the first time setting up a hang on? Yeah, I do. Like it was such a my pain. My dad did it for me, and then I had to do it myself <laughs> after that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, actually right? quite dangerous too. <laughs> it is. Oh man, the first time I set up, set one up, I was like, how do you do this thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, you stuff I in your the, mouth. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you're, and, yeah. and you're sitting dropping there and like, something like, oh, oh now I got. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. That's yeah. Great. So, so yeah, that's that's me and. Um, you know, and I do all this stuff and it takes, it takes a lot of time. Like I do those one minute videos, but those one minute videos take me like an hour and a half. Well, you've got good thought into it. Like you can't just give five bullshit tips. Right. You got to be good. And to think about that, um, I call, I would call that topic modeling, right? Where you you pick one big thing and then how do you create some more out of that? Yeah. Um, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, sawdust, right? Yeah. Um, so that's great. Oh, for sure. Caught my attention and hopefully others can learn from it too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. It, it takes it takes a lot of time to put that stuff together. And I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. No, I'm actually that... I'm saying that to thank my wife because <laughs> Allie is Allie puts up with all my all my bullshit. Like I'll get off of work and I won't get home till seven o'clock because I gotta stop off at a public land spot, check a trail camera and make a video. Yep. And like checking the trail camera will take me 30, 45 minutes, but making that video like all those videos I put up, they're all like the tenth, twelfth, thirteenth take of. That's how this. That's how this podcast goes. Sometimes you should. Uh, I'll, I'll, right. The first ever episode I did, I. Uh, I was trying to figure out the, the if I should call, it the where, how did I say this here. The where to hunt podcast or the where to hunt podcast. 
Oh yeah. Or, so oh, it was actually oh, wasn't man. that it was it was <laughs> the public land hunting the public land hunting community or the and so I got like really weird about the and the and then I went to do it and I said welcome to the fuck <laughs> and, like, and so like. Then it was this this joke with my buddy uh, Shane who helped me develop the podcast. So we're like, "Welcome to the fuck, everybody, fuck!" And like, we were gonna call <laughs> it the "Welcome to reset, the fuck" podcast because I couldn't freaking get the words out of my mouth. So yeah. um, I'll have to put the explicit on this one. <laughs> but like, it was pretty it was pretty funny because man, that's just it. No one knows what goes on, and I'll I'll record right. this intro for this one, and I'll probably do it ten times because I'll say today is April April like what, and I'll do weird <laughs> sh- stuff like that. Like it just. Stuff just starts flying out of your yeah. mouth that it wasn't supposed to make it there. Like, what the right. heck? Oh, so yeah. I totally hear sure. you. Like, mouse m- mouse boots and whatever we were saying about the Mickey Mouse. Oh, Mouses, yeah, Mickey you know, Mouse. Like, yeah, so try doing that and, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. But the red light used yeah. to scare me, and now I'm, I could care less. Oh, now you're fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to throw in one more thing. Backcountry hunters and anglers. Yeah, rock on. So you're B-A-K. wearing the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah wearing the shirt. I paid um, to be a, a member there. Yeah. Whenever I interviewed uh, someone from there. I can't remember the name right now, but great organization. Yep. They're like a, all yeah, all about public land, preserving your public land. I mean, even your boat launches. I mean, all your boat launches in Wisconsin mm-hmm. are most of them are public. So I mean that that's funded from you know your fishing and and your hunting fees and all those fees. And these guys, BHA helps to protect all that. They yep. work with legislation. They're actually involved on the state level yes. and dealing with the political BS that we don't. There have was to. one when I had him on the on the show um, last year around this time, likely. They're saying that it was—it's technically illegal to cross railroad tracks. Yeah. Oh. And, and like, I, I'm sure people do it, but I—I'm sure I would have done. It. I wouldn't even thought twice about it. But apparently, if they come looking for you and say, "Well, if you're on this side of the property, the only way to get here is by, excuse me, crossing those tracks," so you've trespassed, and now you get a fine. Right. And like that's ridiculous. I know. And it's like I, I can see why they put it, the law into effect. Some sort of insurance and who yeah, you know, because like they claims don't want, yeah, blah, 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 but. right. All the lawyers muck well, come you on. up. Like, <laughs> come on. If you're on a rail track and you get hit by a train, I'm pretty sure it's your fault. <laughs> like, yeah, you one would think. Yeah, right. And so they've had to make the rule that you're trespassing so that it's illegal. You know, and that like that whole uh, that that's just, not going to stop someone me. from doing it. Oh you know? no! Like I mean, where I hunt, people literally will sit on the tracks for gun season. Like literally, right? They'll all the... Pull up a bucket and sit right there, you know. And Great. it's like, yeah. Well, if a deer crosses, I'm gonna see it. And yep. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Until the train tra- comes, <laughs> right? I know. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, maybe just like move off to the side or something. Yeah. But yeah, they're just sitting right there on it. Holy cow! Um, well, thanks so, for yeah. taking time away from your family and, and driving yeah. out to the house here and, and being oh, a guest. Wow. Beautiful place, man. Thanks, I man. It. It's feels like it's an up north cabin, right? It does. Just it one like spot of the whole north. house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eddie's awesome. Dog's awesome. Cats are awesome. Great. Little Logan's pretty cool. Thank she's, you. She's adorable. She is. Yeah. And your wife makes a great spaghetti with no She did meals. a good, yeah, she did a good spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti and salad. All right. All right. Okay. So if you made it this far, thank you. That means you're an avid listener of the Word Hunt podcast. Uh, my tip of the week this week comes or stems from um, some advice that I got from Dan Infault on one of the shows he was on. And um, I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast episode or if it's something that he mentioned, but something that I learned from him was about something called an oxbow. Uh, an oxbow, in Dan's words, I believe, um, oxbows and rivers have been really good to him, he says. An oxbow is a bend in a river or a creek that forms a bowl-shaped loop that almost forms an island. So almost like a peninsula with just a small area of dry land that connects them. Um, the bedding would be along the river in the bowl-shaped area. 
So cool. That's what an oxbow is, according to Dan. And um, he's stating that that's a good place to hold a buck bed, potentially. That being said, um, I did not know that. And I've hunted. I did not know that that's something that could have been where a buck would have been. And I did not know that's what it was called. And um, what that had me doing shortly after I learned about what this was, is going back and looking at properties I had hunted in the past because I've hunted a lot of river greenways and, um, you know, actually I think the majority of land that I've hunted has held a river that runs through that property in some way, shape or form or another. And, um, you know, I wasn't hunting anywhere near the river in some cases. So, and, and furthermore, I actually had scouted and further trekked out going towards a river and, um, never considered that. So my advice this week is to go back and look at properties you may have hunted in the past and try putting it through a different lens. Um, you know, as you listen to podcasts, as, as you're listening to this one, I'm sure there's others that you listen to. And the reason for listening is to learn more and adapt and evolve as a hunter, um, and take those practices and principles and, and try to deploy them in the field and, and see if it's practical. And I think this is a very practical piece of knowledge. Um, and there's always going to be that that other thing that you learn. And you're like, man, why didn't I think of that before? Well, this is one of those things. So, you know, as much as I like to explore new properties, I like to think that when I know a property really well and I learn a new piece of information about hunting and tactics and things like that, it's actually really fruitful to go back to that property because I already know it. And I just, again, trying to look at it through a different lens suddenly is going to change things. So there's properties that I've been hunting for years that, you know, learning some different things by having these guests on the show, um, I'm really, I'm really excited to go back and kind of rescout these properties with this new information. So my tip of the week this week isn't necessarily an oxbow or a leeward wind or a swamp island or, or um, you know, whatever. It's more about going back to, and maybe it's just digitally or or literally boots on the ground, one or the other, both, preferably both. Um, but identifying identifying some areas, especially since um, you know, kind of what what Anthony and I talked about. Um, along the lines of other hunters and how they're going to use it and some of the access spots and things like that. So that's my, that's my tip of the week this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't rated the podcast that, like I say, every episode, I think it, it just means so much to me. So thank you everyone that, that does listen. I appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't left a review, please do so. It's pretty easy. I think when you're in iTunes, that's the one I use. You just scroll to the bottom, you, you rate it with the star and then you add a comment if you'd like, and the comments are helpful. So thanks so much. And uh, you know, have a great day and hunt public. <laughs>